a very good morning to you and a very warm welcome to each and every one of you, whether you are here in the church building or joining with us online, you are all very welcome. We trust the Lord to draw near to us and to bless us in our worship. Let us sing to God's praise and for his glory from Psalm 145, the second version, and we sing the first seven verses. O Lord, thou art my God and King, thee will I magnify and praise. I will thee bless and gladly sing unto thy holy name always. O Lord, thou art my God and King. Draw near to God in prayer. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, our loving Heavenly Father, we come before you this day. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity of doing so. We come that we might worship you. We come that we might meet with you afresh 
to give you thanks for the God that you are, the God that you have revealed yourself to be. And we pray that you would enable us by your grace to really meet with you during this time of worship. We acknowledge that you are a holy God. The angels veil their faces and cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. We are so unworthy to come before such a holy God, but we thank you that you have made a way for us whereby we may come. We thank you for Jesus, your Son, our Redeemer. We thank you that through his merits we can draw near to God. We thank you too that you are a God of love. You have loved us with an everlasting love. We thank you for the steadfastness of your love for us. And we pray that you would enable us to love you more and more. Oh, we acknowledge we can never love you the way you have loved us. But help us in some measure to love you more than we have ever done before. We worship you this day, O oh God, as one who is faithful and just. We thank you that you are altogether merciful. Enable us then to seek out after you today, to reach out that we might find you, for you do not hide yourself from us, but you have revealed yourself. And we thank you for that revelation in Scripture, in nature, and in Jesus. Enable us then to rejoice in you and to place our faith and trust more deeply in you. Pardon our sins, forgive our iniquities, wash us afresh in the precious blood of the Lamb and do us good this day. We commit this service into your hands. We pray for your blessing and all that we ask is in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Boys and girls, it's good to see you this morning, every one of you. I don't know if you listen much to the news. I wouldn't think you read newspapers. Maybe you do. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I would think when the television news come on, you switch off. You're not really interested. Again, if I'm wrong, please do pardon me. Did you know that this past week King Charles III paid a state visit to France? Maybe you've been to France and the time you had there was was like a state visit for you. It was just wonderful. Well, I, I do think that our new king had a very good time. He attended a great banquet and he delivered a speech in French. And people were impressed. But I don't want to speak about him being in France this morning. I want to speak about him being in Scotland just about three months ago, beginning of July, when King Charles came to Scotland to receive the honours of Scotland. There was uh, an impressive thanksgiving service in St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh when he received Scotland's crown jewels. He received the sword and the crown and the scepter. And thousands of people lined 
the route of the procession from Holyrood Palace opposite the Scottish Parliament up the Royal Mile to the service in St Giles Cathedral thousands were there cheering the king looking to see him in reality not on the television but to see him as we say in the flesh but not everyone was pleased to see him there were those who shouted three words not my king not my king not my king and they held up posters, placards signs with these three words not my king not my king others had placards, posters that said abolish the monarchy abolish means simply to do away with get rid of the monarchy is the king or the queen the one who is acknowledged as the sovereign head of state not everyone who doesn't want Charles as king not everyone who wants to see the monarchy abolished was in Edinburgh not everyone stood there and shouted but in their hearts they don't want King Charles And because we live in a democracy, that means we have freedom to choose who we want to rule over us. We can wait patiently and let the Lord have his way. But not everyone shouted not everyone went to the Royal Mile to outside St Giles Cathedral and chanted not my king not my king but there is a greater king than King Charles and that is King Jesus he is the altogether king of the universe not just a country here or there but he is king over all and I hope that there is no one here today either young person or older person and in your heart quietly you reject Jesus as your king you say I don't want him I don't want Jesus I don't want him to rule my life that would be very sad indeed but I trust that if you've never done it before that even today you will crown Jesus Lord in your heart and in your life we're going to further sing in the psalm that we have already started, Psalm 145, the second version, and it's on page 444. We sing from verses 8 to 16. The Lord our God is gracious, compassionate is he also, in mercy he is plenteous, but unto wrath and anger so. God unto all men is the Lord, 
over all his works, his mercy is. Thy works all praise to thee afford. Thy saints, O Lord, thy name shall bless. The Lord our God is gracious. Your reading today is found in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 21, and we'll read the whole chapter. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. 
And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, the four murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Then came one of the seven angels who had seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like a jasper clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadia. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its wall, 144 cubits by human measurement, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. 
And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. And we look to the Lord to add his blessing to this reading of his word. Let's again come before the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you that we are gathered together in your house as a, a family of your people. We thank you for everyone that are true members of that family through faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the elderly and we pray your blessing upon them that you would watch over them and protect them and guide them and provide for them. We pray for the youngest, for the children. And Lord, we thank you that they have gone out to Sunday school, that they might learn more of your word and about yourself. Bless those who teach them. Bless their parents. We pray, Lord, for all our children and young people whose education will be disrupted this week because of strike action. We pray, Heavenly Father, that the children will not suffer academically, educationally because of these strikes. We ask, Lord, that you would garrison them about with your love and with a true knowledge of yourself. Lord, we pray for the ongoing work of this congregation. Particularly, we pray for the AGM on Wednesday. We pray that there would be good interest and a good attendance. We thank you for our interim moderator, Dr. McLean. We thank you that although he is due to retire, we thank you for his willingness to continue as interim moderator caring for this congregation. We pray that you would bless your servant and continue to use him for your glory. Lord, remember all who are ill, those who are laid aside, and whether they be at home or in hospital, Lord, minister your help to them. <laughs> Remember all who mourn. We think especially of Douglas and his family and the Henderson family at this time. Lord, comfort them and bless them and strengthen them and undertake for them. As shortly we turn to your word, do guide us, speak with us, minister to us by your spirit. And this we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's still Psalm 145 on page uh, 445 singing from 17 to the end of the psalm. 
The Lord is just in his ways all and holy in his works each one. He's near to all that on him call, who call in truth on him alone. The Lord is just in his ways all. Today is Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. And I have entitled my sermon with these words, Let God be your God. Let God be your God. Thinking especially of the latter part of verse 3, God himself will be with them as their God. May I ask you this, what kind of God do you want for yourself? I'm going to give you a moment or two to just think about that as I repeat the question. What kind of God do you want to be your own God. God himself will be with them as their God. God himself. What I want to do 
is to take from Scripture some of the attributes of God. Some of the things that God is in himself. And I start by saying first of all that God is holy. I know a man and if I were to mention his name many of you would know him as well. I have heard him pray on many occasions and he always begins his prayer with two words. Holy God. We cannot imagine a God who could be anything but perfect in holiness. In Exodus 15 it's recorded for us that Moses and the people of Israel after they had crossed through the Red Sea and the Egyptian army pursuing them had been drowned as the waters closed over again. This is part of what was sung to the Lord. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic, or as the authorized version has it, glorious in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? Do we sing within our hearts enough about the holiness of God? Do we pray enough to a God who is altogether holy? Think of Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 2 after God had granted her request and she was given the gift of a son. Hannah's prayer, There is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. Or as it is revealed to us in Isaiah chapter 6, that great chapter that gives us a glimpse of the majesty and holiness of God. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And in the New Testament in 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 15 and 16 Sorry, I'm looking at John instead of Peter, but next door to it. 1 Peter 1.15 But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. God, who wants to dwell with his people. God, who makes himself available to his people, is 
a holy God. Secondly, he is also a God of love. Many people would put this attribute before God's holiness. If you were to ask them, what is God like? Oh, he's, he's a God of love. And he is. But anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love according to 1 John chapter 4. This verse is not only a verb saying that God loves but it is also a noun saying God is love. If by his spirit, through conversion, God dwells in my heart, then I must love, because it is love that dwells within me. God is love, and if God dwells within then love dwells within. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. Oh, if that's not just the devil, I open at Peter when I want John, and when I want John, I open at Peter. Anyway, it's just next door. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. But what is love? When I ask this question, I can't get out of my mind nonsense that I learned at school it wasn't my teachers I learned it, learned it from other pupils what is love? love is a feeling a very funny feeling a feeling that you feel when you feel you want to feel a feeling that you never felt before rubbish just rubbish but what is love? Love is a desire for and a delight in the welfare of the one on whom love is bestowed. The love of God, the matchless love of God is manifested toward his son, Jesus and all believers in particular. So remember this when things are difficult, things are against you, when dark clouds overshadow your life. Remember this. God is love. And God loves you and has a desire and a delight for your welfare. God is holy. God is love. Thirdly, God is faithful. What does the word faithful mean? It means someone who can be safely trusted, who is utterly reliable and dependable God is faithful in all these ways for he never changes how great is God's faithfulness well according to Psalm 36 and verse 5 it reaches onto the clouds 
So it is a very high standard of faithfulness. In Psalm 33 and verse 4, all God's works are done in truth. God is faithful. I rejoice in this. Many times I thank God for his great faithfulness. And God's faithfulness manifested by keeping his promises and fulfilling every word that he has spoken. God is completely faithful. He is faithful in protecting you. He watches over you. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. His eye is always upon you. He is faithful in protecting you. He is faithful in assisting you. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows there are so much we simply cannot do ourselves. And he is faithful in the assisting he gives to us. And he's faithful in guiding us. He guides us with his eye. He protects. He assists. He guides. He is altogether faithful. My fourth point. God is merciful. Psalm 103 verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious. Slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. God is merciful. He's merciful to the multitudes. Exodus 20 and verse 6. Showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. He's faithful to the whole world in his mercy. He does not give us what we deserve. How great is his mercy. He's mercy to the multitudes. He's merciful to the individual. David, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindnesses. I hope you've already had time to read Malcolm's thought for today. His devotional, I refer you to the third point about Nineveh shows that God can be merciful even to the worst of sinners. He is merciful. That is his nature. Again, this is something that almost every day I thank God for his mercy. Not just in pardoning my sins, but in so many ways that come to my mind how throughout my life God has been merciful to me. He has protected me. When I have been in danger, he has delivered me. When I have need, he has supplied it. He is a merciful God. I trust that you can rejoice in such a merciful God today. And my final point. God is just. Not only is he a God who is holy, a God who is love, 
A God who is faithful, a God who is merciful, but he is a God who is just. Deuteronomy 32 and 4 describes God as a God of truth, without iniquity, just and right is he. The psalmist in Psalm 19, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. God's being, he is just, he is righteous, he is holy. He must act in a manner that is just. If he acted in any other way than just, he would not be God. And God had to deal with your sins and mine by being just. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness because he has already dealt with sin in his son. He has taken your sin and mine. He has placed them on the sinless Jesus and justly he has dealt with sin. God must also be fair in his justice. If he was for a moment, for a second, unfair, he would be unjust. If he would be unfair and unjust, he could not be God. But he is God. He is just and he is fair and he is upright in all his judgments. Genesis 18 and 25 Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? He certainly will. Because he has to. Or he's no longer God. But what a God he is. Oh I trust that this God. And so much more in scripture. So much more revealed in the word of God. About the God of the Bible. I trust that this God. Is your God. That you have placed your faith and trust in him. That you have received him. His grace. His mercy. His peace. As yours personally. For he longs to be your God. He longs to come and dwell with you. Let me read you again just in closing my full text. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. What a God. Referring back to the children's address. Don't reject this God. Don't refuse him. He longs to be with you. All you have to do is allow him. Receive him and obey him. Let us pray.
O God our Father, we thank you for the God that you are. Oh, certainly there is none like you. We thank you that you have revealed yourself in the word that is all about you and about your Son. Thank you that we may dwell with you as you dwell with us through faith in your Son. Seal your word into our hearts. Help us as we live day by day to live with you. Remembering these attributes that we have considered today. And we pray, Lord, that you would bless your word to every heart for your name's sake. Amen. We turn to Psalm 147 on page 447 in the Psalter, singing from verse 12 to 20. Psalm 147, verse 12. The Lord praise, O Jerusalem, Zion thy God confess. For thy gates, bars he maketh strong, thy sons in thee doth bless. He in thy borders maketh peace with fine wheat, filleth thee. He sends forth his command on earth, his word runs speedily. The Lord praise, O Jerusalem.
And now grace, mercy and peace from God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you this day and forever.